declare your majesty. And then this past week, we talked a lot about understanding, amen, how 
that we need to understand the process of God and what he's trying to get us to. Amen. And of course, what we need to understand is that no man is going to come into any kind of work in the Lord unless he goes through discipleship. And, and, and the thing about it is, is that because God needs us all to speak the same thing. Amen. The word has to be the same coming from any one of us. Amen. Because eventually, as, as God grows the body of Christ, the disciples, amen, that will become servants and that are willing to serve, not for the glory of their own ministry, but for the glory of the church, the building up of the people, amen. amen. And as we get to that and we start to understand the way of God, those that God begins to work with and train are those that are going to be out there involved in what the scripture calls uh, episonago, in other words, Eventually, we'll get to a place where we have, we're able to have smaller groups because there's going to be so many that, that are partaking of the word and that need to be taught and trained. So that everybody's ministering and teaching the same pattern, if you will. And that's why Jesus was so intent on and making sure that these guys followed his word. Amen. If you love me, he said, you're going to keep my commandments. And, uh, you know, and you cannot be my disciple, he says, if you do not keep my word. So he was really intent on trying to get these guys to understand that it's, all, it's not about you, James, John, Peter, you know, John, and all these other disciples. It's about me, Jesus. And that's what you're trying to get in their lives is get them to understand who I am. And I, I am the Lord of their lives. I'm not just a shepherd, right? I didn't just save you. I didn't, I didn't die on the cross and purchase you and redeem you. Amen. I, but, but now... As you go through training now, it's time to become a disciple, amen? So again, the disciples are the ones that that are able to build the church, amen? Because these are guys that are, and, and sons of God and daughters of God that are walking around with discipline in their lives. Their lives are, are their, their heart and their desire is to be obedient to God's word no matter what. So in Matthew 20, 25, and we're going to talk tonight about the man of God and the birth of a ministry. And how that the goal of God is not for you to understand what your gifts and your talents and your abilities are, but first, to build the character in your life. Amen? Because that's what he was doing with these guys, is that he built the character of God into their lives. He wasn't focused on their, their anointings and their callings and selections and their, and their graces, amen, and what their domas were, you know, whether they were apostles, prophets, shepherds, teachers, none of that mattered to Jesus. He wanted to make sure that these guys were men of character. Amen? And they were going to fold to the pressure of man and to the body of Christ that, you know, that, try, that put so much pressure on us. Amen? I'm trying to see. Yeah, there it is. <clears throat> so anyway, so Matthew 20, 25. And I'm going to, you know, it seems to me like I get, I get in, in, in a hurry because there's so much information to cover and... And, uh, and and what happens is it's like it's like a well, right, that, that busts open and it's just pouring out and and it's hard to gauge that sometimes when, when the zeal, when the zeal of God is on your life is as you remember Jesus when he flipped the tables of the money changers over, the disciples you know they commented and said that uh, they remember the scripture says that the zeal of thine house has eaten me up, amen. The house, amen. the people, mm. amen. That's what he was talking about the zeal of the people has eaten me up. I must be about my father's business. I must train my people. I must teach my people. I must show them my way. As he said last week, is that, is that on Sunday that the understanding, right, is, is the way of God, right? The children of Israel knew his acts. They saw the miracles and they saw the, the, the Red Sea opening up and they saw everything that happened in Egypt. But Moses knew his ways. 
And he knew the way of God because he spent time with the Lord. Amen? Amen. So Matthew 20, 25, it says that, <clears throat> and Jesus called them unto him and said, you know, let me, let me see here, hold on. Verse 20, let's start with verse 20. We're going to read Matthew 20, 20 through 28. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. All right? And he said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on thy left in thy kingdom. And Jesus answered and said, You know not what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I shall drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said unto him, We are able. And he said unto them, You shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give. But it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation. Amen. So there was some jealousy here. Mm -hmm. And against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you, disciples. He was talking to them. He says, I don't want you to do it like they do it. But it shall not be so among you. Verse 26. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Weasel man, talking about himself, came not to be ministered and served, but came to minister and give his suke, his soul, a ransom for many. Ransom is the word that means the price for redeeming, the ransom. So Jesus Christ was telling them the pattern here. Just like I came, and I didn't come for you to minister to me and serve me and help me and build me up, I came to minister and serve you and give my soul for you, body of Christ. And that's the difference, right? <clears throat> and so in, in, in doing so, he was trying to teach them here, first of all, I don't want you to do it like the world. As he says in verse 25, the princes of the, of the Gentiles exercise dominion over. That exercise dominion over means to bring under one's power, to subject oneself, to subdue oneself. I'll give you a little example. So, like I said, today was a very busy day, and I have to clock in and clock out, right, by the time clock. I'm not, I'm not a salaried employee, right, as I have been in many jobs in my life. You know, if you're a salaried employee, you, you can be called upon any time. But the other benefit of that is you, you, your increase in pay is a little bit higher. But then times, too, that you have to leave early, and, and, and there's no problem because you're not punching in the clock. So anyway... But my, my boss's boss, he sent me a message in Teams, you know, our platform for communication. And it was already after five. And the problem is, is I, I was going to respond to him, but then I couldn't respond to him because of, you know, this the what's called the two-factor authentication. In other words, I couldn't get authenticated, logged in into my Teams now that I'm not at work. But on the flip side of that, I'm not under any, under any condemnation that I wasn't able to answer his question, even though he's my supervisor. Because I'm not under the clock. So see, the, the princes of the world love to exercise dominion over. They want to use you no matter what. And you have to be mindful of that. When to step up and say, you know what? Um, uh, you know, I'm not under the clock. You can't. Right? 
So anyway, that's 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 called being under authority, right? And and so anyway, I'll, I'll talk to him in the morning. But the point is, is that we have to be mindful, of, man, because these these princes of the world they'll use you and they'll abuse you. <laughs> but he told them that they love to exercise dominion over, and the word exercise dominion over here is, means to bring under one's power, to subject oneself, to subdue, to master you. Okay, and then he says. <clears throat> And they that are great exercise authority upon. That means that they, they wield their power. In other words, they use it. They use the privilege over you to try to dominate. Now the thing about it is the world and the way they operate, they're trying to make leaders. But in the kingdom of God, you don't make leaders. You make disciples that become servants. And once you're a servant, then you can lead. Mm. Because your motive is not you. You're trying to serve the people. Mm. See? And that's the distinction there is that that's how they do it. But we in the kingdom of God, Jesus said... You don't do it like them. But it shall not be so among you, verse 26, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. The word minister here is the Greek word diakonia, which is where the word, I'm sorry, diakonos, which is where it comes from the word that means deacon. See, so in the world, like I said, in the Babylonian system, if you're a minister, then you're, you're one of the ones that are teaching and preaching and doing all this stuff. But in the kingdom of God, as he says later on, the greatest one among you, Verse 27, let him be your, whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your deaconess. Deacon, in other words. The word means to serve. I'm sorry, this word is doulos, which is slave. So in other words, we're not slaves unto God. We're, we're servants and slaves unto the people. In other words, we help them, we, we bless them, and so on. And so even as the Son of Man, he didn't come to be ministered unto. In other words, I don't need you to help me. I'm not, I'm not here for that. I'm here to help you. And there's a big distinction there, right? Mm. And that, like I said, everybody's always about me, 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 me first, right? And yeah, what, is, yeah. what did Jesus say? He says, <clears throat> the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Amen. And that principle has, that, that little principle right there has so many ramifications, so many things that it means. First of all, Joseph, before he was born again, right? Was I was uh, 18, I think, when I got born again. So up to that point, my, my soul was in control. I was doing what I wanted to do in my own life. But when I got born again, which is the last, now he's the first. He's the preeminence. Not my soul anymore. It's my spirit, man. That's where the life of God is, etc. So anyway, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So in John chapter, I'm sorry, let's look at another one. Uh, Psalm 92, 12. And so again, we're talking about the man of God and the birth of a ministry, the character that God is trying to build in our lives before he begins to utilize our strengths. In other words, he's got to know that he's, he can be your Lord. If, he's not, if his word is not master over your life, then he can't utilize you. And that's what it boils down to. That's called discipleship. Psalm 92, 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. In other words, rooted and strong. Those who be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Right? Mm. So if you're planted in the house, you're going to flourish. Yeah. But if you're always floating around, never getting settled in the body of Christ, God can't use you, man. How, how, in, the world, how in the world can you take a tree or a plant and keep transplanting it? And, and that plant's going to survive. Amen? Amen? There's no way. 
So we in the body of Christ, we think that we can just float around, right? And and just go from one fellowship to another, trying to find the anointing, trying to find the power, trying to find the revelation, trying to find the glory. When we don't understand that God resists all that. Because you're in charge. You don't understand. You need to get settled down and planted. So by the same token, a, a man meets a woman, a sister, praise God. Not a worldly woman. And they, you know, it's, it's, they, they believe it's God for them to get married and whatnot and have children. See, that, that guy just settled down into his part. And, and now he's got a brood. He's got his sons and daughters. And he begins to train them. And so their success is based on how, how submitted they are in their relationship to their father and mother in, in authority. And because it's going to teach them for the future, right? If they don't know how to listen to their parents, they don't understand, know how to understand the voice of their father or the voice of, of correction, right? They don't understand that. So <clears throat> anyway, um, they don't understand that. So they're going to be they're going to be problems, right, out there in the world. When the world tries to correct them, who are you? You're not my authority. Mm -hmm. And yet, if they're at a job and and, and the supervisor's telling them, that, well, yes, he is. You're not my mother. <laughs> oh man. So you get into all that stuff right there. The soul, like I said, he's always trying to be first, and he doesn't want to follow the, the order and the boundaries. So again, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, and he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. But those that be planted in the house of the Lord, these will flourish. So if you want to flourish in the grace of God and what God has set for you, then you've got to stay put, just like a husband and a wife. They can't just go roaming. A man can't think that he's like a like an animal that, like a horse or something that gets studded out or whatever. He's got to be planted to one wife, Lord of God. Amen. So again, in John chapter 2, 23 now. So this is where there was an opportunity to go to the feast, right? They were going to the feast. And when Jesus, in verse 23, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And needed not that any man should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So see, the number one strength of a man, woman's soul, is self-preservation. You're always going to seek to protect yourself. You seek to save it, in other words. As Jesus said, if you seek to save your soul, you're going to lose it. But if you seek to lose it, you'll find it. See, because now he can trust you again. And so Adam, right in the beginning, he sought to save his soul by covering himself with fig leaves and aprons, but he lost the life of God. Mm. Jesus came, it's called the great exchange. He gave his life, soul, so that we can have the Zoe of God. So one exchanged, one gave, one protected himself and saved his life. The other one gave up his life and gained the life of God. And so again, it's the same with us, right? We, we have to die for one another. We have to be the servants of one another. Now, he needed not that any man testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So the self-preservation. So he knew that I haven't trained you. I haven't discipled you. I have not added to your life, which is discipleship or mathetale. The word math, discipleship math, means to add to your life, right? Little by little, line upon line. He keeps adding to our lives. I haven't done any of that with you. I haven't discipled you. I haven't trained you. And he knew this. He knew all men. He knew that you're coming to me because you want to get close to me because you want to be noticed. Because see, the people, 
they, the scripture says they believed him because of the miracles. Yeah. They didn't want to follow him because they were committed to him. The they just wanted the blessing. Yeah. Wow. So there's a big distinction there, right? And we have to be wise about this in the body of Christ, and we have to understand when this when this kind of stuff is happening, because the soul, like I said, he's thinking about himself first. He's always let me first, right? And so on and so on. And like I said, you know, he's uh, the first shall be last. They don't understand that they're trying to be first is only going to put you last, you know? And so if you have not been discipled, then you're going to have aspirations of the soul which are inspired by the world. The cosmos is the Greek word for the word world, one of them. And in John 12, 15 through 17, 1 John 12, I mean 1 John 2, right? The scripture says, well, I'm just going to quote it to you. Love not the world, right? Neither the things that are in the world. 1 John 2, 15. For love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, but if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Every time you see the word world, there is the word cosmos. And cosmos is, is again, the orderly arranged system. And let me show you what that means. All right, so again, the cosmos is the orderly arranged system, the way the world operates. First of all, the scripture says the God of this world is Satan. You see, he's the one that's, 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 that set it all up and all this design and everything about the world is about be loose, be tight-fitted, right? You know, have all this glitter and have all this shine that, like I said, um, that people, that's what their motive is, right? They're self-motivated. They're not thinking about uh, anybody else except themselves, right? Mm. And so, and, the, and have you ever seen that magazine, Cosmopolitan? Yeah. That's the word cosmos. That's the whole, if you open that thing up, it's all about, you know, it's all about the world, man. That's, that's, that's what they are, and that's what they do, you know. So this whole orderly arranged system, now I want to read the Greek word here in the there. It says, an apt and harmonious arrangement or constitution, order or government. All right, the ornament, the decoration, the adornment, the arrangement of the stars. See, in other words, all this stuff that's arranged in a certain facet. And of course, like I said, the God of this world had blinded the minds of them that believe not. It's an orderly arrangement, and it's a, and it's a whole system designed by Satan. And so, and the world, verse 17, passes away and the lost thereof, but the, he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. So that's the thing is that we, you know, obviously we understand Ecclesia, the church, right, is to call, call, call out of the world, call unto God. Amen. For a purpose. First of all, he's separating you out of the world. So Egypt, right, in the Old Testament, they, they came out of Egypt. Egypt was a representation of the world. And the thing about it is, it took years and years and years and years and years, and they still never saw the promised land. They still never entered in because they couldn't let go of Egypt in their hearts. They kept wanting to go back, and they desired Egypt. But yet, but the only ones that went in are Joshua and Caleb and all their sons and daughters, because those children that were born of all these ones that came out of Egypt, they were able to train, and they were able to teach them the ways of God. All right? So, again, the cosmos, man. You've got to make sure that your life is, is, is separated from the world. Amen? In James chapter 4, verse 4, James chapter 4, verse 4, It says, 
you adulterers and adulterers, says, know ye not that the friendship of the cosmos is enmity or an enemy of God. Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. So there again, there's distinctions here that, that, that God's people walk a certain way and the world walks a certain way. And obviously we don't walk the way the pattern of the world is. Amen? Amen. Now take a listen to this scripture. This is in Job chapter 32. 21 and 22. We're talking about the world, right? And how they operate and how they, you know, they got their whole system set up, you know. There's, I've met people that if you don't call them by their title, they get upset mm, with you yeah. in the world. Yeah. Don't you know that I'm a doctor? Doctor, doctor. Or a philosopher? Or, I mean, you know, philosopher, what is that called? Doctor, philosopher, whatever. All these titles, right? So this is Job 32, 21 and 22. It says, let me not, I pray you, accept any man's person. Neither let me give flattering titles unto man. For I know not to give flattering titles, for in so doing, my maker will soon take me away. Mm. Listen to the Amplified on that one. I will not, I warn you, be influenced by respect for any man's person and show partiality. Neither will I flatter any man. For I know not how to flatter, wasting my time in mere formalities, for then my maker will soon take me away. So in other words, think about Jesus Christ when he was talking and they came to him. And they only came to him because of the miracles. He knew the word. And he knew that I'm not going to sit there. And it says that he needed not that any man testify of man, for he knew it was in man. In other words, he didn't need me to introduce Brother Kaffa. And Brother Kaffa is, is a, a you know, psychologist and he's got all these... Uh, um, titles and, and, and degrees and all this stuff. He didn't need all that because he already knew what was in man. His motive is himself first until he gets trained and discipled. Mm. You see? So, let me not, I pray, accept any man's person. See, the thing is, is if we, if we start showing favor and partiality in the kingdom of God, then what happens is your judgment gets perverted. Now, you're, you know, if someone cuts you a check for a million dollars, you see, now you're, you have a tendency now that you're going to favor them more. Mm -hmm. And you're going to overlook yeah. things. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to watch our hearts here. And, and, and again, the world is full of that, right? I mean, look at our, the way our political system is set up and how that these guys are always, you know, throwing that, 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 that uh, pocket full of money, you know, that envelope. Stacked up with hundreds, you know, and 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 then all of a sudden, you know, that individual's getting the contract or whatever, you know, and they're making tons more, you know. This stuff is happening everywhere. Everywhere. And uh, anyway, the titles of man—they don't mean anything in the kingdom of God. When we are in, when we are with the Lord in heaven, He's not going to say, "Teacher Joseph, Apostle Joseph, Prophet Joseph, Shepherd Joseph, Pastor," all this stuff, right? Because the scripture says, and, and first of all, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, 11 and 10. See, we're talking about the way that the Gentiles do it and the way that the world does it, right? Mm. And what's happened is their ways have gotten into the body of Christ. We don't understand that because, first of all, somebody's got to teach us the word, amen. Somebody's got to bring it up. And, and the thing about it is, right here in chapter 10, I mean, Hebrews 2, 10, 
For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many we us unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. For both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified are of one. Which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. He's not, he's not ashamed to call me his brother or you his brother or you his brother or you his sister. Right? Because it says here, for both he that sanctifies and they who are sanctified. How do you get sanctified? Jesus said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth in John 17. It's the word that causes your heart to be separated because you want to be obedient to the word. As Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. You're going to keep my word. Now, in John 20, 17, John 20, 17. Okay. In John 20, 17, Jesus said unto her, now, she had been looking for the body of Jesus. Verse 16 says, Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned herself, she said unto Rabboni, which is to say master. She had been looking for his body because she was asking the other guys that were two angels. She thought they were gardeners. But he says in verse 17, Jesus said unto her, touch me, me not. not. The reason, because he hasn't, he hadn't ascended yet to offer the blood. Amen. Upon the mercy seat. Touch me not. For I am not ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend unto my father and to your father and to my God and to your God. Hmm. Look at that. He wasn't saying, you know, go and tell Apostle Peter, you know, or Apostle James or whatever. He wasn't, he didn't look at all that. Those were the things that they did, right? But it wasn't who they were. They were sons of God, amen. And as sons of God, he was able to tell them, go and tell my brethren that I ascend to their father, which is their father, and I'm going to their God, which is their God. Amen? Amen. He, wasn't, he wasn't looking at all that other stuff, you know? Again, don't do it like the world. They love to exercise dominion over. They love to stroke each other's egos. You know, they're always thinking, you know, taking care of each other. You know, the, the uh, what do they call that? The, uh, the good old boys club, you know? Now in John 5, 31 and 34, 31 to 34, John 5, John 5, 31. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. There is another that bears witness of me, that testifies of me, in other words, and I know that his witness the witness which he witnesses of me is true. The, the testimony that he's going to give of me is true. You sent unto John, and he bear witness unto the truth. He showed you me, which is Jesus, in other words. And I receive not the testimony from man, but these things I say that you might be saved. Amen? So he says, I'm not, I don't receive the testimony of man. Right? And then verse 36, but I have a greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father has given me to finish the same works that I do bear witness or testify of me that the Father hath sent me. Amen? You see, Jesus wasn't a man, like, like it says in Philippians, right? He made himself of no reputation. Even though he was God, he humbled himself as a man. 
that pattern son is the one that was able to say the work that God has given me that's the work that I'm going to finish and as the father himself which sent me has borne witness of me you have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his shape you don't, you don't know him or understand him because you're not understanding the son is trying to tell you that I came from God and I'm representing the father here but your, your heart is full of yourself now in 43 it says I am coming in my father's name and you receive me not if another shall come in his own name him will you receive and then it says, verse 44, how can you believe which receive honor one of another and seek not the honor that comes from God only? That's the honor and the testimony that I want in my life. Amen. Amen. I'm not interested in hearing, you know, man's uh, opinion of me, what they think about me, whether they like me or not or whatever. You know, I want, I want God's witness. I want God's uh, word in my life. I want to be obedient to that. Verse 47 but if you believe not, and he told him, verse 46, he says, Had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how are you going to believe the rainbows that I'm telling you? You see, we don't understand that, that the very rainbows of God that he's bringing to our lives are, are, are God coming to us and revealing these things to us. In 1 John 5, 9 through 11, 1 John 5, 9 through 11. If you receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he had testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God has the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believes not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record of the witness or the testimony that God has given unto us, eternal Zoe. And this Zoe is in his weas, in the Son. In other words, your heart and your spirit, man, have, must bear witness to the truth. You're, the Holy Ghost is inside of you bearing witness what's, what's being taught and what's being shared. And that's how you start understanding the witness of God and how that God is using his sons and daughters to bring forth his glory into the earth. But he can't do it if our lives are for us. He's not going to utilize you that way. Now, out there in the world, they will, you see. If you got a good good prophetic gift, if you got a good teacher gift, if you got a good, you know, whatever, they're going to put you out there in front of everybody, man, because they, they know that 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 they know that that anointing is going to draw the people. You see, and therefore it's going to bring the money. Man, Jesus, I'll tell you something, man. I'm getting this one right here. I'm sure right here. I sure I saw this the other day, boy, and it just blessed me so much, you know, because. You know, well, let me just read it. It says, Romans chapter 15, 1 through 8. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. So that's the same thing Jesus said, is that if it, I didn't come to be ministered unto, but I came to minister and serve. So that's what he's saying here, is that the ones that are strong in the Lord, amen, the power of his might, ought to bear the infirmities and the weakness uh, of the weak and not to please ourselves. See, in other words, if I'm pleasing myself, I'm not thinking about you and your, what you're going through and what needs you have. Yeah. Let every one of us please his neighbor for good to edification. That's why we should be serving one another is to build one another up to keep everybody strong and so that we can all move in this grace of God together. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. And this word reproach is this, um, 
reviled, man, uh, defamed. They, they, they taunted him. All these, these words that they spoke against they spoke against us, the scripture says they fell on him. Amen. He took it for us, right? He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. And then it says in uh, verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The word patience there is hupomene, which means consistency. Constant. There's two words for patience. Makrothemia, which means long-suffering or to put up with. And then this one is hupomene, which means faithful, reliable. See the character, in other words. Now, the God of patience, hupomene, and consolation grant you to be like-minded, one toward another, according to Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. That ye may, with one mind and one mouth, glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Unified, in other words. Wherefore, receive one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. So the scripture says that we are accepted in the beloved, right? The acceptance is not just, just not just in the times when, you know, a brother's, you know, going to help you and minister and share with you or whatever, but it's also in those times when he's got to bring that word that's going to correct, right? So that's, that's what it means, accept one another. You know, be a part of one another's lives. Now, verse 8, now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto our fathers. Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. And guess what? These three and a half years that he spent with his disciples, he was cutting that flesh all the time. Now, the thing about it is, if we don't receive correction, right, if we don't receive this way of God, then uh, we're gonna, I'm going to read a scripture to you in a minute that that, that individual is not going to come into his inheritance. And so, it's just like my sons, right, growing up, if they are at an age where all of a sudden they don't want to listen and they, you know, they want to be out on their own, well, guess what? It's going to be tough for me to impart anything to them anymore because they don't want to stay under authority. So even as Christ pleased not himself, right? And then in verse 5, it says the God of patience, the hopomony, man, constancy. It says that, uh, verse 7, wherefore receive one another. Receive is to take to oneself. It comes from two words, pros, which means to the advantage of, and lambano, which means to take in order to use. So in other words, receive one another to the advantage of one another and to use what you are, what Christ is in you for my life, and vice versa. Amen? So Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God. What the Word says about our lives, if they're, if they're in order or out of order, we've got to accept the Word of God on that matter. And then to confirm and make firm the promises in our lives. Now in Deuteronomy 35 through 6. Deuteronomy 35 through 6. And the Lord thy God will bring you into the land which thy fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it. And he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, which persecuted thee. In other words, if we'll allow Deuteronomy 30, starting with 5, 6, and 7. 
Verse 6, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart. Right? Mm -hmm. Jesus was a minister of the circumcision. And his goal was to bring us into the land of inheritance. In other words, your part, your portion. But as it says in verse 7, and the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies. In other words, if we're walking in the blessing of God and in, 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 in that place of God, the way of the Lord that forms our character and shapes our lives so that we are like Christ Jesus, all these curses and everything that, that, that the enemy intends for our lives is going to go back on them. Because what's happening is, as you're being circumcised in the Lord, in other words, God cutting away the flesh, things that are not of God, cutting them out of our lives, what's happening is you're growing in your dominion in the spirit. And as your dominion is growing, it's pushing back all the darkness. You see? And that's what God is trying to get us to, is that we are able, as he told Adam and Eve in the beginning, actually, he says, take dominion. His goal was for us to have dominion in the spirit realm. And of course, Jesus Christ, right, he came and he he was he he tore everything up, man. That was demonic. Mm. Now look at this in, in Leviticus 23, verse 27. And this is talking about uh, the Day of Atonement. And also on the tenth day of the seventh month, there shall be a Day of Atonement. It shall be in holy convocation unto you, and you shall afflict your souls and offer an offerings, and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. In other words, you should be managing your own life based on what the Word of God tells us. You see what I'm saying? You've got to cut it away. And, if, and the thing about it is, if we don't cut our, the flesh away in our lives, in other words, when God shows you something, like the other night, I'll give you an example. I got up, couple, I was tired, man. It was nine, I tried to go to bed before 9.30, you know. And my sister-in-law calls, well, you know, they're going to talk. <laughs> so then she's, my wife's over there talking, and she's in the kit, in the living room, but, you know, you can hear the giggles and all the stuff. And then uh, Benji, which is our little dog, you know, one of them, he was, he, you know, if my wife is awake, then the dogs are alert, right? And they're doing their little, oh my God. Well, I went in there and, I, and we have this little back scratcher thing. And of course, Benji's so tough that I know I didn't hurt him, but he knows how to act it out. In other words, attention. Yeah, he knows. Smart though, but my wife, you know, the way it sounded to them, I was being real mean. And the problem is, I did it in anger. See, my soul got the better of me. And most of the times, all I got to do is go in there and tell them, Hey, y'all need to be quiet, show them the stick, but don't do anything with it. Well, this time, I used the stick and and uh, I had to correct my soul, in other words. And uh, and again. This is what I'm saying is you've got to manage yourself no matter what's going on in your life. You know, maintain your soul. Don't let that soul, man, cause you to get you out of order, man, by anger and, 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 and so on. So Jeremiah chapter 4, 4. And so I just, I had to repent before the Lord. I had to manage myself. And it didn't take, you know, five minutes and I was already repenting to the Lord. You see you better be quick, in other words. Circumcise yourselves unto the Lord and take away the foreskins of your heart. Ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. And it says there that in verse 3, for thus saith the Lord, 
to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and sow not among thorns. You see, God couldn't, again, bring them into anything in their lives unless they were willing to cut away all that perversion in their lives. You know, the idolatry, the statues, you know, all these groves and all this stuff that they had going on, man. God need, needed them to understand, you need to cut that out of your lives. If you want my blessing, if you want me to continue with your lives, if you want my presence, I, I can't go with you if you're full of all that perversion. So now, um, so again, talking about the way of the Gentiles, they're talking, they're trying to make leaders, right? Because, and then, and those leaders exercise control and dominion over, you know, their own, their own, wherever they're managing, right? Pushing them all the time. You got to have more, sell more, do more. And, uh, but again, the kingdom of God is about being a disciple, right? Jesus was bringing discipleship to these brothers' lives. And eventually, they were able to serve with the right attitude. They didn't have a motive in their heart for themselves. So Luke 14, 26. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own suke, his own soul, he cannot be my disciple. Now, what does that mean, right? God didn't want me to sacrifice my children or my family. What he's trying to say is that when it's time for you to do what I need you to do, you can't put your wife or your children in front of me yeah. and, and use them as an excuse to not do the will of God. Not only for the things that God has for you in your life, but even if you have to, you know, even if it's going to be a hard thing that you've got to talk to your wife about or, uh, you know, or she's got to talk to me about, you know. It's not, you know, nobody wants to receive correction, man. It's, it's tough, man. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, is that we, if, you, if, you, if we change our mindset that the, the, the correction is for our good, to build us up in our character, right? Even if it doesn't come out the right way, you know. And that's, a, that's something that I'm having to learn is that, you know, my wife, you know, She's been at the house, you know, and, and just cleaning up a storm, you know. And when, and the issue is, is that she's cleaning. Well, she needs helpers, right? And that's me and the boys. So she's directing us. She's telling us this, 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 this. And I just got home from work, man. I'm trying to rest a little bit. She's already putting it on me, you know. But even though, you know, there's things there that, that could be handled better, the point is, is that, you know what? I just got up, got my gloves, and I called the boys. I said, let's go to the garage. You know, so we started cleaning on Saturday, Sunday, actually. And we got a lot of stuff out, you know, and, and, and cleaned some things up. But again, there again, my soul, you know, I want to I sit there and relax and don't talk to anybody, don't do anything. But my wife's only working. What am I going to do? You know, i got to help her, man. <laughs> so the order of first things, if anyone or anything comes first, come to me. That is, uh... 14.26, if any man come to me, the word come to me, I'm sorry, hold on, to, is the word pros, P-R-O-S, which means to the advantage of. So if any man comes to the advantage of me, Jesus, and hates not his father, mother, brother, sister, wife, children, and brethren and sisters, and yet he in his own suke, he can't be my disciple. In other words, you're not going to be able to be at my advantage of what Jesus wants for your life. If every of all these areas are first. Ooh. 
I'm telling you, man. And then so he says, in other words, you're not going to be able to be my disciple. You're not going to be able to come under and listen to what I'm trying to bring to your lives. And it's going to end up benefiting you and your family in the long run. Because the kingdom of God is being established. In Luke 9, 24... For whosoever will save his suke, his soul, shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his suke, his soul, for my sake, the same shall save it. Sozo is the word right there. S-O-Z-O, which means to save, to keep saved, sound, rescued from danger, destruction. So if we'll lose our lives, we're going to rescue our lives. You see? And, and again... You know, that saving of the soul, it's, it's a process, right? You're, first of all, the belief system has to be changed because a man's confession is the result of what he believes. A man, what he believes is the result of his thinking. What he's thinking is coming from the knowledge, and what is, the knowledge is the source, where that comes from. So the belief system is what, what has to change, and it has to be governed by the Word of God. And so that's why Jesus said, out of the abundance of heart, right? The mouth speaks. So if you prefer your own suitcase soul, which is your idolatry, then you cannot be his disciple. Now, the thing about Adam, right, in the beginning, the scripture says in Genesis 2-7 that God breathed into his nostrils a breath of life, and man became a living soul. Mm. Nefesh is the Hebrew word for soul. You see, at that time, Adam was able to be driven by the Spirit of God. Move directed, you see. I mean, how do, how could a man, like I said, you know, how could someone come and know all these animals and name them and didn't go to college? He had no veterinary degree or anything. So, you know, and I've done this has happened to me many times where I'll know something and I didn't have to read anything. I didn't have to, you know, hear somebody say it or whatever. And, and it's just a knowing because of the life of God that God reveals these things to you. One time, again, this is something that happened at work, and and uh, I was trying to figure out. I, I wasn't trying to figure it out. I mean, I, I let this thing go weeks ago, you know, this this thing that I was thinking about, about something that happened. And, and then, and then one particular night, I just, it's like I had a, a dream or a vision or something, and I saw what was happening. I saw what this individual was doing and how he was manipulating some things. And this was weeks later, you see? And and the thing about it is, is that, I mean, that happens all the time where you just have a sense of understanding and knowing about something because, you know, something's not right or, or, or you know, or you see something and now all of a sudden it brings you understanding about this person and how they're operating. So, again, uh, Adam was moving as he was being blown by his spirit that was directed by God our Father. He was being led of the spirit, right? Romans 8, 14. As many as are led of the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the thing which God prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So again, you know, it, it was a situation where it, it was hard to understand God, right? But now, because of the spirit of God in our lives, we can understand God. We can have the mind of Christ, as he goes on to say here, but we have the mind of Christ. 
We can't think like the Lord and think how he operates and we can't understand the way of God again, but it's it's dependent on your relationship and, and your and your time with the Lord. In Proverbs 16, 1, it says, The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. See, when our hearts are being prepared before the Lord, you don't again you don't realize what you're getting in that presence of God. But all of a sudden, you know, like I said, God dropped something in my spirit. And the next day, I was able to go and talk to my manager about it and, 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 and help uncover a problem, you know? And so, but it was because I, 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 seek to try, I seek to stay with God, man. You know, I spend, for me, you know, the best time for me to get with the Lord is in the morning hour, early, because that's when I'm not thinking about all the practical stuff that I got to get done that day. Because if I start thinking about practicals, you know, all of a sudden, I'm doing this, doing that, doing that, and before you know it, I'm not praying anymore. So again, it's just a matter of training, right? And, and you, us training our, our, our hearts, right? Oh. So again, the heart, again, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a daily daily thing that we do as far as staying in the presence of God, getting in the Word of God. Sometimes it's all, all prayer. Sometimes it's warfare. Sometimes I'm studying. Sometimes I'm praying, you know, for my wife and people, you know, and it just, you just have to move with God, you know? In Luke 14, 27... And whosoever not, does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And so in the bearing of the cross, you know, well, first of all, when you bear your cross, see, Jesus had his cross to bear. But the cross that Jesus bore is not my cross. My cross is that I have to die to myself and what I want to do in my life, you know. And, and so that's where, you know, again, you make a choice to choose God. And in doing so, you're denying your soul, yourself. As Paul says, I die daily. I make a choice every day to serve Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know, the day is smooth and easy. Sometimes, like today, man, a lot of pressure, you know. But either way, you know, God wants our lives to glorify him by the way that we carry ourselves and conduct ourselves. And that reminds me, you know, there's there's three Greek words that are that are translated life in the New Testament. They're suke, which is soul. There's Zoe, which is God's life. And then there's Bios, which is livelihood, what you do in your career. And then there's another word that's anastrophe, which means the way you behave. So God wants, you know, again, the way we behave and conduct ourselves to be a reflection of the, of the life of God in us. So the cross is that you deny your soul to make the choices outside of the word of God. Come after me. In other words, when he says, if you will not come after me, it means to come behind me behind the Father, behind Jesus Christ, and behind the Holy Ghost. Be led, be directed by the Spirit, in other words. Fall in line and do not break rank. Joel chapter 2, verse 7 talks about none of them broke rank. Man. Everybody stayed in their place and everybody was satisfied because they were all doing the work of God in a different aspect. They shall run like mighty men, they shall climb the wall like men of war, and they shall march everyone on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. Amen. And it's important, again, the whole thing is, is that God is structuring us and building us into a place as a body of Christ, as a governmental institution, where we can perform the will of God and the government of God in the earth. Because Jesus said, I will build my church, right? And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Now, that, that, that brings to the point, well, what about the areas where God 
uh, the gates of hell are prevailing. What about the poverty? What about the disease? What about, you know, fathers, you know, leaving their wives and, and mothers leaving their children and all these things that are going on out there in the body of Christ and in the world, you know, why is all that prevailing? Well, that tells you that that the church that's being, that's been being built wasn't Jesus building. Because he said the church that I build, the gates of hell won't prevail. So we have to understand that, you know, the thing is, Jesus said, if you come into the kingdom of God, you've got to be like a little child. You've got to throw out all the preconceived ideas that you think about the kingdom of God and allow that, that foundation to get laid in your life the right way, which is discipleship. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 22, he says, if your eye be single, then your whole body is full of light. I mean, I was sitting there coming from Fort Worth, and I was exiting at 9.30, and there was a lady with the suitcase, with short, you know, kind of long, brownish blonde hair. And I looked for a second, and then I said, no, I just had to, yeah, there's nothing I could have done about it. I was on the bridge, but I couldn't sit there and stop and help anybody. But first of all, you know, again, I, my first reaction is I look back, I said, well, that's so strange. Why is somebody on a down ramp, Yeah, you know? And this is over there in Fort Worth. I don't know if you guys have been over there lately, but some over there around 930, there's people that live in tents and stuff out there. You know, they're homeless and stuff. But the point I'm saying is, is that if, if you're out be single, then your whole body's full of light. So the first reaction is I look back. The second reaction is that no, there's nothing I can do about this. I gotta just move on. See? And again, it's it's all about keeping that soul in line and uh and, and, and keeping them in line with the word of God. In other words, conduct the way you conduct yourself, even when people are not around, you see? Still manifesting God and the Word of God in your life. In Luke chapter 9, 59. And he said, and he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. In other words, fall in line, come and follow me, and let's go preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. Jesus said unto him, No man have you put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And see, I know that in, in times when I'm telling my son, let's go, you know, and, and they're playing again. So, well, hold on, let me do finish this first. And, and it's going to be a beautiful day when they just shut it down and let's move, you know, let's go. But, you know, they're young, and I expect them, you know, to, to, to still be selfish in a lot of areas. But they've grown a lot. I mean, obviously, because, I mean, you can't help but want to do God's will. But, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, when God comes to our lives and he needs us to follow him and he needs us to do something for him, etc., that's why, you know, we can't be entangled up with the world and, and its ways and, and, and all this stuff that we always put first before the Lord. So again, to follow me, the follow one who proceeds, join him as an attendant, accompany him, join him as a disciple, become a disciple. So this guy says, suffer me first and go bury my father. You know, I got to take care of this and I'll come back and follow you. And verse 60 he says, uh, go with me and preach the kingdom of God. You see, get beside me. Let's do this together, you know, in other words. 
And then the other one says, let me first go and say goodbye to my family. And then he says, you're not fit. You're not, I can't use you, man. I can't put you in a place where you can serve in the kingdom of God. So, again, he's not just the Savior, right? He, he's got to be the Lord, you know. And Peter, in, in Matthew 16, 16 through 17, he saw the revelation that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, right? But right away, in the next few passages, you see where Peter, you know, had a choice for himself and told Jesus, think about yourself. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. He had to put him in his place because what he was bringing to Jesus was demonic. So in Luke 14, 28, I'm not going to read that one. I'm just going to read this statement here. He does not count the cost, not the assets, but he cannot be my disciple. In 14:33, if you do not forsake all. So you have, your, you have to set your things and affections on above, right? In Colossians 3, 2 and 3, it says you cannot be his disciple. If you do not continue in the word, live in the word, you cannot be his disciple. If you, do, if you do not love one another, right? So, you know, I mean, I, I don't necessarily live with you guys, but we're here and we come together, you know, and we love one another, but there might be things about you that I don't like, you know, and there might be things about me that you don't like, but you have to have grace for one another, right? Receive one another and love one another. And so, and, and of course, in John 15, 1 through 8, if he does not bear fruit, he cannot be my disciple. You have to abide in the vine, right? It, by their fruit is how you're going to know the tree, right? And if it means not producing the fruit of the kingdom of God, then there's a problem. So again, what is the process of how God makes leaders? Discipleship teaches you how to be a servant, a diakonia, a minister, a servant. And when you become and are able to serve, then you're automatically being a leader. A disciple that becomes servant, a servant, a disciple who will follow Jesus. Now in Matthew 16, 18, and I, and I just read about this, but Jesus said, the church that I build, right, the gates of hell will not prevail. So when you look at the situation where the church that God has not built, well, that tells you that it's out of order. There's a problem here. Because if it was under the order of Jesus Christ, right, as he says in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, of the increase of his government, peace there shall be no end. So when we're looking at, you know, where the body of Christ is today, why do the gates of hell prevail? Because Jesus is not building the church. Man is building on Babylonian systems they call the church. And I call it the gospel of self because it's always about how to better myself, you know, how to, how to gain my financial success, how to build my own ministry, how to, you know, do this, all this stuff for myself. And without going through the process of the kingdom of God, which first you have to understand the will of God for your life, then you've got to be processed in the hour of, uh, let's see, the hour of the will of God, and then the preparation of God, and then the, the power of God, the promotion of God. God will bring you to that place eventually where now he can utilize you because you went through discipleship. So, <clears throat> again, the strife, the sickness, the disease, the poverty, the division, the murder, the hatred, they all prevail. But not if Jesus builds the church because, again, you know, the discipleship, the disciple is going to follow the word, amen. And the word, if it's if it's whatever is coming forth and it's not in line with God's word, God is immediately going to quicken that in our spirits. In 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are laborers together with God. 
You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another has built thereon. But let every man take heed how he builds. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. For if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, and precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So in other words, if it's gold and silver and precious stones, you're not, you're, when the fire hits that stuff, all, all the gold's going to do is purify it. So the silver is, the stone is not going to get burned. But the wood, the hay, and the stubble, all that stuff will burn away. And that's the thing. we got to understand how we're building this body of Christ, how God is building the people and trying to bring them to a place of strength, amen, so that they can become that tree again and bring life to everywhere they go, you see? Now, in Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, For unto us a child is born, or a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor of the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then he says, Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. All right? So again, the child is born, but a son is given. So it's, it's easy to get someone born again. But the training process of getting them to maturity, that takes a lot of time. And you have to be involved with people in their lives. And so the government, like I said, is going to be upon his shoulders. In other words, the government of God is always going to be on the mature body, sons of God, amen? The ones that are able to walk in maturity with these things. Because, you know, again, if, you're, if, you're not, if your heart hasn't been proven and somebody offers you some money because they want you to have favor towards them, you see, you're, you're just perverting the judgment of God. His government and peace, there shall be no end. When God sets up his government, which is theocracy, by the way, the peace that it brings in the land, there's no end to it. Because you're walking in the, in the divine protection of God. Man, the angels of God are involved in theocracy, and these angels protect us everywhere we go, man. Our families, our children are protected. Those that we pray for are protected. Every Everywhere we go, we are able to have peace. We're not worried about corona. We're not worried about if somebody's going to, you know, rob you or, or, or hurt your wife or your, or your sons or daughters or whatever in this government of God. And so he's going to order his kingdom and he's going to do it and establish it. He's going to order it and establish it. And then he says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The zeal of God, is, as Jesus, when he flipped that money changer's table over, it was the zeal that, that of God in his heart that uh, that did that. Because these guys, like I said, they were out there figuring out how to market to the people. They were selling doves. They were selling sacrifices before they bring them to the priest. Oh. Figuring out how to make money, man. Oh. So I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago that who is God going to give his work to? Well, he's going to give it to those that are mature, amen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in Isaiah 38, 1 through 7, In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, 
Thus saith the Lord, set thine hands in order, for thou shalt die and not live. So God came to, this, to Hezekiah and told him, get your house in order. Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. Amen. So he, he repented and said, remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. And then came the word of the Lord again unto Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus said the Lord, the God, thy, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thy days fifteen years. So he goes on to tell him, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to deliver you and, th and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I'm going to defend you. And this will be a sign unto thee from the Lord that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will bring... Again, the shadow of degrees which has gone down in the sun down of Ahaz 10 degrees backwards. So the sun returned 10 degrees and by which degrees it was gone down. Mm. So God showed him that I'm with you, right? Because he repented, right? Mm. He got his heart right before the Lord. Now he told him that uh, I'm going to establish you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be with you uh, no matter what happens. I'm, I'm here with you. So one of the things about this is that Jesus said in um, right here, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Matthew 16. So in other words, he was able to get his house in order. He was able to establish the government of God back in his life. And because of that, the kingdom was, was established for 15 more years. Amen. Because he repented. Amen. His attitude was right. Amen. He got his heart right. But as you read that story on down, Ba the uh, what was his name? Baladon, which was the son of King Nebuchadnezzar, sent ambassadors to go see him, and he ended up uh, showing him everything he had in the house, man, all the gold and the silver and the tabernacle and everything. And then the prophet came back and he says, "Who are those guys, man?" And he goes, "You know, they they, they came and, and I showed them everything." But actually, the prophet said, "What did you let them see?" Mm. You see. And, and because of that, God, the word of the Lord came back to him and says that you're going to be a eunuch and your, your sons are never going to reign on the throne because of your disobedience and wanting to get an alliance with the world. And the, the point is, is that now, and that's what we have to understand about Babylon is that she wants our strength, man. She wants all your, your desire and your zeal and your passion for the Lord. She wants to utilize that to glorify the self, you see, the Babylonian system. Now, in 2 Samuel 7, 12 through 14, 2 Samuel 7, and when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall prosper out of thy bowels, and I will establish thy kingdom, his kingdom. And he shall build upon an house my, for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So there we see three things right there. The house, uh, the kingdom, and the throne. And, and so in other words, 
He says it's going to be established forever. So now the thing about the house, right? He told him, set thine house, set it up in order, right? Set it up according to my ways, in other words. So the house is on three levels. Me as an individual in my relationship to the Father is the house. My domestics in my wife and my children is the house. And the body of Christ is the house of God. All three sections. If we want the government, if we want the peace and the government of God to be forever, then we must allow the kingdom of God, I mean the house, to be established by the word. You see? Not by this world and all its influences. And that's where Jesus said that I will build my church. If you'll let me do it according to my word, as the scripture says, and you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. If you let this stone be the first stone in your life, then your life will be established forever because you're serving God. Yeah. You want the order of God. So <clears throat> now we're going to talk a little bit about the birth of a ministry, right? And what God is doing is taking us from, the, from that stage of a teenager to, a, to a, someone that's mature in the Lord, right? So again, the technon, he's the guy that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's 13 or so, 12, 13 years old. And he's not ready for responsibility, but he's very strong. And he's starting to look like a little man, a little woman, right? And they're starting to exemplify some character in their life, but they still need a lot of help. Now, the word for disciple, right, is the word matates, which is a pupil, a student, or a learner. So in 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11, 2 Peter 1, And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. The word virtue here means manliness. In other words, you know, quit you like men. In other words, don't be passive and don't be, uh, you know, soft and effeminate and all these aspects that, that speak of, you know, that, that are not manly, in other words. And then he says, add to your virtue knowledge, right? All right. And then add to your knowledge temperance. All right, we're talking about, you know, coming into some maturity as a, as a son of God, right? And, 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 and so the word temperance is self-control. So another, the other day when I went and spanked my dog, I wasn't in self-control. I was out of order. <laughs> and so then he says, and to temperance, patience, which is again, who prominent consistency and faithfulness, and to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, agape, your love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So then he says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Mm. So in other words, when, you're, when, you're, when your focus is you, all you're looking at is right here. But when you're, as Jesus said, if your eyes be single and your whole body is full of light, you're going to have the vision of God. You're going to have the purpose of God. You're going to have the power of God. You've been prepared. You, you went through what God needs you to go through to, to prove yourself, you see. And that's what we want to come into is that, uh, you know, we want to come into that strength of God in our lives, amen, for his glory, for the people, right? And so the word add here, uh, add to your faith. add here in verse 5 and besides this giving all diligence add this word is a Greek word it says epikoriego 
Epi means before, and choreo is where we get the word for choreograph, like a dance. To supply, furnish, to present, to, to be to minister, minister to or assist it, to aid and contribute. So in other words, uh, add these things. In other words, add to your faith. In other words, be supplied, be furnished, right? Be assisted in your faith, uh, fully supplied and contributed to. And then he goes on this, virtue, knowledge, temperance, etc. So let this stuff be added to your life, in other words. As you as you seek to walk in the maturity of God, and again, it's not a, it's not a pride thing, right? It's just wanting to grow up in the kingdom, man, as as a son of God or daughter of God. Um, now the thing about it is, as you start coming into the kingdom of God, you know, God is begins to help you understand and, and teach the body of Christ what is not of God, what is of God. You know, the lawful and the unlawful, the light versus the darkness, the tree of life versus the tree of knowledge, good and evil. Uh, the holy versus the profane, the clean versus unclean, man versus woman, husband versus wife, father versus mother, sons versus daughters, the kingdom of God versus the Babylonian system, the fatherhood versus mentorship, sons versus ministers, second versus versus the firstborn, humility versus pride, Zoe, which is God's life, versus your soul, Suke. You begin to walk in these distinctions in all this area. There is no confusion for you. You know what a man is. You know what a woman is. You know who your wife is. You know what well, she then. You know what a husband is. You know what a father is. You know what a mother is. You know what a, a son is versus a daughter. You see, you start seeing all these distinctions in your life and in the Word of God, and everywhere you see that the distinction is blurred with confusion, that's a problem for you as a son of God or daughter of God. So in uh, Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, I don't want to read this in the message translation. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are ruined because they don't know what's right or true. Because you've turned your back on knowledge, I've turned my back on you priests. Because you refuse to recognize the revelation of God, I'm no longer recognizing your children. You see, in the Babylonian system, because the, the, the motive is wrong, the spirit is wrong, when, the, when, they're, when they're preaching and teaching on the revelation of God, it doesn't have any power. Because first of all, it's not coming from a, from the place of your spirit, which is again, there is no authority in the soul. There's only intimidation and fear, manipulation, and so on. But in the spirit, man, that's where the authority is. And when you're coming forth from the kingdom of God's perspective, the revelation of God that's coming forth out of your life is 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 with authority, in other words. So, but he told him here, because you refuse to recognize the revelation of God. See, in the Babylonian system, they won't recognize these things, right? They don't want um, the kingdom of God. They only want to be about what they're doing and 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 and, and be entertaining the people so that they can get the money. Mm. <laughs> and so again, uh, because they refuse to recognize the revelation of God. Now, in verse seven: the more priests, the more sin. They traded in their glory for shame. They pig out on people's sin. They can't wait for the latest and evil. The result is, is you can't tell the people from the priests the priest from the people. I'm on my way to make them both pay and take the consequences of the bad lives they've lived. They'll eat and be as hungry as ever, have sex and get no satisfaction. They walked out on me, their God, for the life of rutting with whores. Wine and whiskey leave my people in stupor. 
In other words, you, you've endorsed Babylon. You've taken on her system. You're in bed with her. You see, and everything that's coming out of your life is corrupt. Mm -hmm. There is no purity there. That's why, again, the circumcision is about to cut it in the foreskin, right? So that when the seed comes forth, no flesh is touching. You see? I remember one time, I think I said this before, is that uh, we had a meeting, and the word, the God had been working with me with the word on Exodus 15.3, the Lord God is a man of war. And and in the very beginning of that meeting, the next morning, it was a men's breakfast. And there was this uh, presentation about this uh, this movie, The 300. You know, these guys were warriors, Roman warriors. So they played that little theme song and a couple of scenes out of that movie. And I'm looking at that all, and I'm just like, this, what, what are they doing? I remember when me and my wife went to visit a fellowship one time, and I guess it was Plano. And they were up there, and it was supposed to be for married couples, right? And they had all this music about Rocky, you know, all this stuff of the world, you know. And I'm like, I don't understand that, you know. And so we left, you know. But, but again, when when it's when it's, they can't see it first of all because the scripture says it's called the mystery of iniquity. It's a mystery to them. But again, when you're in the kingdom of God, you have these distinctions in your life. You understand the holy and the unholy. You understand the clean and the unclean. You know what a man is versus a woman. There's no confusion about all these areas. And so again, you know, out there in the world, the Babylonian system, you know, I remember there was another meeting, same place, and I was eating breakfast, and it was a men's health fair. And that, so a particular hospital came and they set up all their little booths, right, for all their services, right, in, in the sanctuary. In the meeting place, right, and um, everything was fine. You know, I was just eating my breakfast, and then, uh, and then uh, the one brother introduced this individual, and they they had like three chairs up on the platform, right. He introduced him, and he says, uh, "This individual is, you know, fighting for for um, suicide prevention. That's what he's going to be talking about, because he lost his partner." To suicide. Man, I heard that. And so the funny thing is, is that there was another meeting going on that I wanted to hear in in uh, Cincinnati. You know, the brother, brother Jeff, you know, they were up there doing a kingdom summit. And uh, anyway, and I was hearing that on the phone. And as I was walking out, he says, you know, he lost his partner. And, I'm, and I asked one of the other guys, why did he just say that? And it was like, but there again, you know, in the Babylonian system, it's all blended and merged together. You see, the whole thing is this confusion, right? That's what Babylon means, right? Yes. So I just, again, I just, you know, eventually, as the scripture says, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Things started turning my heart from that whole situation. I could no longer partake of that because it was out of order, you know? Mm. And the funny thing is, in Psalm 1 1, it says, Blessed is he who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Oh. I wasn't going to sit there and, and allow that stuff to influence my life, not to mention have my sons there, and of course, and my wife, and so on. So I just had to turn from that whole situation. Mm. And and it's it's you know, when you're when you're when you're walking after the Lord, man, you're you're you don't you know you don't really have a lot of friends and stuff in the world and so on, obviously. But but I'm just saying that you're always seeking your life to be separated unto the Lord, you know. 
you're not concerned about the way this world does their stuff, you know, the cosmopolitan, all this worldly stuff. You don't look at all that. You're not interested in entertainment and, you know, you're not looking for all that stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have our rest and stuff in the Lord, right? Because the scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, not only. That means he doesn't, he doesn't mind you having your own aspirations, but he needs to be first. Amen? So, again, in Psalm 92, 12, and 13, I read that earlier. Psalm 92, 12. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So if we want to flourish in the courts, right here, right, then we need to stay put. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So the thing is, is that God has taken us from, from we us to where we're a servant of the people, man. And that's where... This is, this is the ministry of, of the kingdom of God. Not out there so I can build my own big name, right? And build my own big ministry and all that. You know, even the way I title these outlines and stuff, I always put on them, you know, compiled by Joseph Almaguer because I'm not the original. I'm not the, 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 I'm not the one that, that, that uh, originated all this. It came from somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, but again, if you're looking for your own glory, then you're always going to be, like I said, you know, buy me and buy this and that. Look what I did, look what I did. And then the thing about it is, is that when you when you have the seal of significance in your life, the seal of sonship in your life, whatever the world is doing and all their perversions, not to mention the Babylonian system, you don't care about that because you've got the seal. You're sealed by the Lord, man. And therefore, your only desire is to be a son of God, to serve God, and so on. So a servant's position is to be subservient, right? He's a minister. He runs errands. He waits on tables. He does whatever needs to be done. And he doesn't wait to be ministered unto, but he waits to serve and minister to others. So as another aspect of the servant's role is that, as, as the scripture says, John 3, 30, I must decrease, and he must increase. Amen? Hallelujah. And so in Matthew 20, 28, Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his okay a ransom for many. Amen? Amen. He gives him his own life up for, for the people, for the body of Christ. And again in Philippians 2, 5 through 9. Let this mind be in you. Now that word mind is a Greek word, phroneo. It means to have an understanding, to be wise, to think, to exercise the mind. Now, when Jesus told Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest, that word is phronel. You don't have the same type of thought process that I have right now. Your thought process is not in line with me, in other words. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Or for God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. 
So the servant's life says, I've got to die, and if I don't die, you can't live. So in John 12, 24 to 26, it talks about, lest the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit, amen. That seed has to die. And the thing about it is, the seed is in itself. The seed of Christ, the scripture says that Jesus was the only begotten Son of God. Only begotten is the word monogene, the only one of his kind. And when that seed of the word is in your heart, it can only produce after its kind, which is going to be Jesus. So Matthew 12, 24 But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And while I'm on that word devils, the word devils is a diamonic being. It's the word diamonium, diamonian, di and ammonian. And it comes from another word which is diamond. So diamond is like, it says here in the Strongs, to distribute fortunes, a demon or supernatural spirit of a bad nature. So what's else up there out there in the world that's distributing fortunes? Go buy the ticket and get the lottery. It's demonic, man. It's a distributive fortune. It's coming from this inspired by the world again. That's not the way God operates, amen. He's got a whole inheritance for us, but he needs us to grow up and mature so he can bring us into it. Amen? Amen. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. You see, in other words, demonic demons are not it's not necessarily that they're in our lives. All, all that has to, to happen is that their seed be in our lives. And that seed is, seed is still reproducing after its kind. So if it's corruptible seed, it's going to bring forth corruptible fruit. Mm. You see? So that's what we need to understand. It's not about being demon-possessed. It's about, <clears throat> it's about uh, that seed of the world, right? Mm. So, um, and it in John chapter 10, verse 11 through 13, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his suke, his soul, for the sheep. But he that's a hireling, hireling means a wage worker, somebody gets hired. All right? You pay them, right? They're going to do a job and they get paid. And not the shepherd whose own the sheep are not sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and fleeth the wolf. And the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. So at any time there's the end of the work of the enemy is always to scatter and to divide, right? And then he said, uh, and the hireling flees because he is an hireling and cares not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. And so again, when there's division and strife and contention and, and arguing and fighting and debating, this is all the work of the enemy, right? Mm. To keep us in division. Because he knows that if we get united in the way of God and the purpose of God on the earth, man, there's no force going to be able to stop us. Amen? Amen? 
Job chapter 7, verse 2. As a servant earnestly desires the shadow and as a hireling looking for the reward of his work. You see, the hireling is always looking for the shade and the most amount of pay. And that's where the scripture says you do not put a hireling or a novice in the work of God. Man, You wait until they're proven and they grow up. So 1 Timothy 3, 6, last one. And then we'll do some questions, amen. Verse 6, talking about the qualifications of a, a bishop here. The word bishop is the word episcopeos, the work of dealing with the souls of men. It's not easy. <clears throat> it's, it's part of what the elder rule does. The elders are shepherds and bishops. So, but in verse 6, he says, not a novice, lest lifted up with pride, he fall into condemnation of the devil. So in other words, this is not an individual that's ready, because a novice means simply that he doesn't have experience in, in, these, in matters of life still. He still has a lot of maturity to do. So it's just saying that the hiring and the novice are the ones that that you have to be mindful of and watch, you know. And again, you're you're going to be proven and tried if you stay planted in the key, in the house of God, Amen. And in that, that's when we know that your that your value and your premium is for the people, not for yourself. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Father, to share on the on, on what it is, Father God, to be a servant of God and how to grow up in the kingdom of God, Father, in the house of God, that we might come to that place where we serve one another, Father, with the right attitude and with the right motive, Father. I thank you for your precious Holy Spirit, Lord God, and I thank you that he would move on this word in the hearts of my brothers and sisters, Father God, and I thank you, Lord God, for those that are partaking of this bread of life, Father. We bless you and we love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Joseph, you, there are two counts uh, on my full question. I'm saying maybe I, that question will see, but come on, uh, come on, understand. Okay. I, I think I'm going to talk louder. Okay. Yeah. In the place of correction, the place of tolerance. Because yeah. in growth, right. in growth, correction is necessary. For the Bible says that the word of God is profitable to correct, to rebuke, to instruct. So, mm -hmm. correction is 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 a it has a place in growth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what what do you do when you see someone who I mean is who resists correction or someone who really doesn't really accept correction for the common good maybe of the group of everyone because the Bible says iron sharpened iron. Mm -hmm. So a man sharpening the continents of his friend. Mm -hmm. So it's like when God may sooner want to do something, maybe it will be the sharpening of the continents of a friend. Mm -hmm. For example, I talked to uh, a friend that I know, you know, he lost his his wife in an accident. Mm -hmm. He's a young pastor, and uh, I mean, young 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 ladies, you know, around you know, he your love his wife. So I was just encouraging you. Another time I said, you just gotta be careful because like he's staying at a place like almost like vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You see, people will be cooking food. Young girls will, you know, they will do it sincerely. But I, 
You just yes, I was just putting you on his guy. So because you you building up work, and the work is growing. I mean, you go for being hard on fault in this situation, but I mean, you see people coming around. Oh, pastor. You know, pastor, I, you know, I, I, I bring food because the web is not around anymore. And actually, he, it went down well with him because I, his reception was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because of that, you understand, I, I'm sure he's... I just told him, I said, take your time, you know, before you get your another wife. You got to be very much careful. Yeah. <laughs> got to be very much careful because you're you in a place now that... Sometimes maybe the time you know the distance of your, 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 your wife is no more, the flesh could say, I mean, just rush into a relationship quick. Mm-hmm. Or you just gotta just be, be careful, yeah. yeah. But some people will say, oh, I mean, I mean, you don't, you don't have to, you know, I, I, I mean, I mean, true towards this, you know, I know how to handle myself, you know. So what, what, do, you, what do you think when it comes to the place of correction? What some people may not really want to receive? Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, like you said, he's in a place of vulnerability, right? There's a scripture that says that um, he that wins souls, he that wins souls is wise, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of wisdom, right, to 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 manage one another and to see that, uh, you know, well, first of all, in that place of vulnerability, you know, the enemy's going to try to come and set them up, right? And that opportunity. And the thing is, is that, you know, once you've done your part and delivered the word, man, it's up to the Holy Ghost and prayer. You know, you praying for him, etc., lifting him up before the Lord, keeping him covered in the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Because the fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That prayer and that time of prayer before the Lord and bringing him up is going to do a lot in his life. And then the thing is about following up with him, you know, keeping an eye on him, checking on him, you know. It's again that, that place where, you know, where we, we're dying to ourselves, you know, and, and serving one another. Because we know the enemy, a man of the roaring lion, walks yeah. about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to take this guy out big time. Because some people feel it's like, I'm above, I'm above these things. You know, nothing can happen to me, you know, this, that, what wow. Well, yeah, as the brother was sharing, you know, this past Sunday, anybody yeah, that comes to that place. About it, proud now. That's right. Is is in a bad place because they don't want to receive from one another. That's why Jesus said, "If you're my, if you love one another, you're my disciples." And that love is receiving one another. And when that when the word comes like that, you know, taking it in and taking it to heart. Then the the, the second one before maybe I I rest my case, <laughs> the era of tolerance. I read a particular passage in the Bible before, and always, you know, I, I scroll back, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, mm-hmm. If it be possible, as much as is lying in you, live peaceably with all men. That is, if it be possible, as much as is lying in you, live peaceably with all men. You talk about tolerance. You're saying that maybe there are certain things you may not like, concerning, you know, but you got to have. Tolerance. Tolerance, right. tolerance, and that mm-hmm. even boss my wife, mm-hmm. like prophet minister, a lot of times that you will always try, no matter how long you stay, you'll be trying to understand mm-hmm. your partner, no matter how long they mm-hmm. partner. Understand. Understand. Yeah. But I have some people, no matter how you try, <laughs> no, I get some people, no matter how you try, yeah, so it's that like, do you <laughs> think that avoiding these people could be the best? Best way? I would say avoidance. Yeah. 
Well, you know, uh, Jesus talks about <laughs> if, if well, again, you know, again, praying, again, praying for the people, man, keep yeah. them lifted up I before so God. That, that's why I leave it. Because there are sometimes, there are sometimes, there are some correction, you, that something will happen to you, you may not recover from it. Yeah. Yeah, there are some things then, you know, because sometimes you look at somebody, it's okay, let the person go their way. The Quran, the Quran. Yeah, yeah. Go, where you minister on last night? Yeah. Are you all for that? Yeah. Go your way. Then sometimes the person will be corrected, but in the correction, I mean, I mean, they can recover a key for it. So, all of the correction, you can come back. So, now you just leave them for that. So, you know what's funny about that is that so when I was at this one fellowship, you know, I noticed that these guys were starting to ignore me, right? Because they didn't want to hear the word, you know, cuts. And uh, I, I now realize what they were doing, you know. But you know, the thing is, is that I mean, you know, going into battle and prayer for these people is 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 key, you know, to to the body, man, and, uh, and trusting that God will send the messengers as necessary. He sent his word and healed them. Oh. He does that through your mouth. So shall the word of the Lord be goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me, Lord. Amen? And, uh, and, and, and again, you know, depending on the situation, you know, God is, that's why prayer is so important, amen? We've got to keep each other covered in prayer, amen? And, 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 and realize that this individual or, or individuals, they don't know what they're doing, amen? That God, as the scripture said, would grant them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. Not necessarily repentance so I can get born again, but so they can see the light of what they're right, wrong. Right, right, right. You see? And it's the wisdom of God that, that, that helps us deal with yeah, those yeah, things. Yeah. Oh, see, I have a question. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Um, it's not a question. I just wanted to ask for what you would say. Um, from experience, sometimes when you're trying to. Um, advice or correct somebody and they're not taking it the right way you have to let the person experience it for themselves yes any that jesse yeah <laughs> it's not like you're giving up on them you like yeah. you can you will pray for them but you they have to experience it for themselves and sometimes maybe maybe sometimes <laughs> we might ourselves instead of saying oh blaming the person for everything we might need to sit there and take on some responsibility you, you too. Got it, yeah. Maybe the way we go about it with the person, the way we exactly. talk to the person, you know, and we need to start to understand from a different perspective, not just for oh, this person, but yeah. look at the roots of where it's coming from. You know, um, the childhood, the way they were brought, you know, those kind of things, the upbringing, all these things. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, try to pray over that um I'm talking for experience. Mm -hmm. Try to pray over the spirit of, for them to stop um, getting you so irritated every time you see them or stuff like yeah. that. Work on yourself too sometimes, mm -hmm. so you'll be able to find a difference. Different solution. Different approach yeah. Yeah. You know when he talks about uh, if any man likes wisdom, let him ask of God. If you look at the preceding verses, he talks about counting on joy when you fall. You're right. Yeah. The body of Christ is trying to help the individual, right? Because they fell somewhere. Now, <clears throat> if any man lacks wisdom, well, they may not be seeking God for the wisdom that they need to get out of the situation. 
and again, it's 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 you know it's it's, it's it requires wisdom, huh? and sometimes, you know, as Jesus, uh, he learned obedience by the things he suffered. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to uncover them. You know, and you and you, and see that's the thing. That's the whole thing about the government of God and and the body of Christ being established according to to the word of God is that. When that final word comes out, right? What did Jesus say about if a brother offend you and he's not hearing you, bring two or three more. And if they still won't hear, then you take it to the government, the church. And then what they do is they announce, this brother or sister said they're lying here. Don't pray for them. Don't call them. Don't coddle them, you know, because they need a whipping. <laughs> and, uh, and it's something that they're not receiving. And uh, one of the things again, you know, as you said, you know, tolerance. Corinthians uh, 3, 23 said we should have tolerance. We're not going to be going to bear with them because oh, ourselves, mm -hmm. we so have some trouble coming up. Yeah. Yes. And the people tolerate us. Yes. So yes. sometimes we, like Paul, God told Paul, say, you persecute, as, as you persecuted the church, you'll be persecuted for me. So sometimes God will allow you to see or say in some other yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Right. Yeah. thing that you used to do, some other things. So yeah, they can like, show you. Well, obviously, it's striking something. Right, you know, exactly. So you say, what? This is what I used to do. God wants you to feed the way that who's there. This is why you want to do the people. Who's there? God told you to marry a prostitute. Yeah. And then you marry a prostitute. You can experience what God was feeling about Israel. Right. See, this is how you treat me. So God wanted he to feed the way he got feed. He said, I married the Israel, but Israel had left being part of the different God. How would you feed? So sometimes if you see somebody doing something, and you reflect on yourself what you used to do. Sometimes, you, feed, yeah. you feed that. Mm -hmm. And raw yeah. parsley, you know, turn on mm -hmm. that a whole lot more. And so you feed that. Mm -hmm. Because God, if it, I was no prophet, somebody would wonder why would a prophet keep married, or yeah. keep sleeping around, and he has the power of oh, God, God. <laughs> in him. But we are limited when it comes to certain things. You know, mm -hmm. God's the one who has all the power. Yeah. You understand? So when it comes to anything, we're limited. He could have prayed for a web to change, but yet they say she couldn't change. She was just because God. Wanted something. him to see the thing that he got yeah, feel. Why Israel doing it? Why Israel doing it? Well, you know, talking about that, you know, my wife stirs up a lot of stuff in me. <laughs> you know, like today I got home, I got home, and I wanted to just take like a ten-minute nap. You know, her sister calls her. Well, there's there. she was tired too because she's been working all day, and so she was laying down too. You know, we're talking, and uh, just I just had to, you know, die to myself. I could have said something. Uh, I just I started getting ready, you know, put my socks on, went to brush my teeth, you know, and I just had to die to myself. You gotta die, brother. You gotta die. Yeah. Just follow it. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, but, but you know, you know, I mean, <laughs> anyway, man, praise God. It's something God talked about, you know, giving them the reprobate mind. Yeah. Giving them the reprobate mind. If they stubborn, stubborn, they want to listen. Yeah. Like what you said, call the church, call one or two persons, bring them to the church. You know, go get a reprobate mind. That made it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, and I said no Christian should rely on to read to that state. For God to yeah. be a man, when you read you don't. wrong, then it like who to you? 
Then you don't let a judgment come. No, you don't. Them. Anything you yeah. have, no more remorse. You don't have remorse or repentance. You know that scripture in uh, Hebrews chapter 6 where it talks about if God peradventure will grant them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth. It says, uh, it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucify themselves, the Son of God, afresh and put him to an open shame. You know, I, I reflect on that because, you know, when I was before, you know, it was uh, like I said, February the 7th, 2014, it was a Friday night. And that's when I was sitting there playing my guitar and and I and I was <clears throat> noticing how I could control all the knobs and everything the way I wanted, make it sound the way I wanted. And, and then I just kind of put my hands like this and I just said, Joseph, what are you doing? You know, and, and that's when I, you know, fell before the Lord and I started crying and, and, and brokenness, you know. And, but I told God, I said, forgive me, Father, for not teaching your people. That's, that's the first thing I came back to the Lord with. And then, and I don't, you know, I don't understand sometimes how the mercy of God, right? I mean, I deserved, you know, excommunication, man, from the Lord. But, but God, you know, found grace. I mean, I found grace in the Lord's heart, and he revealed himself to me, and, and I started pursuing the Lord again. I'm just saying that, you know, who knows, sometimes, you know, somebody must have been praying for me, man, hard, you know. And and I, and I don't know who, who it is, and someday I will know, but, you know, I know that God re restored me, you know, after after living for myself for about 15 years of turning away from God, you know. So, amen. Mm. Any question? So, uh, my, Manuel? my question is that, uh, okay, if you, uh, if you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you backslide, you want to come back, does it have to be renewed or what do you have to do? Do you have to activate or what you got to do? Well, in Scripture calls it a gift. Eh? It's the gift, right? Have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost is what he told them. It's about sanctification, right? Yeah. right? As you turn, you separate yourself unto the Lord. You know, that that, that, that force of God, will, 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 it's already there. Right. It's just about sanctification. You know, as you separate yourself unto the Lord, that life of God will begin to flow, man. Okay. You know, I mean, I was that way. You know, I was, I, I didn't, you know, this was like... 13 to 15 years, you know, just being backslidden. I didn't pray. I wasn't seeking God. I wasn't praying the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, you know, when I started coming back to the Lord, I wasn't looking for it, but out of the abundance of the heart, right, that that that, that belly just started pouring out, man. Wow. And, and you can only credit the Lord, man. I didn't. I, it's just something that, that was already there because it's in your spirit, man. It just started pouring out.
proclaim 